fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, here to bring you what might be the last free agency-focused show here uh, in, in a little bit. Uh, we're going to go full steam ahead into the draft, obviously, uh, going forward. The Falcons may or may not make any additional moves, and that's sort of the uh, the point of this episode is sort of looking at where are the, the remaining needs, right? The remaining targets, the spots that the Falcons could still look to sign guys. There certainly are some holes. I mean, they, I, I really liked what the Falcons did in free agency, and this will sort of be an opportunity for me to also give my like overall thoughts on sort of where the team is landing now um, after they've made, you know, the first two weeks or so of signings. Um, so we'll get into it. We'll get into all that. We'll get into some of the, the top free agents available and if the Falcons might have any interest in those guys and uh, we'll go from there but uh, before we do guys want to thank everyone for following us over to the dirty birds and Bruise podcast it's the same feed so you don't have to follow us very far but uh, we do appreciate everyone hanging out there we appreciate everyone leaving uh five star reviews if you're listening to the audio on whatever platform you prefer if you have any issues getting this on your chosen platform please let me know so that i can figure it out i do believe it is showing up on google podcast now finally um Hopefully there won't be any more issues going forward, but uh, you never know. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, hit that bell button, all that good stuff. And since the podcast is now completely owned and operated by me, it's up to me who advertises on this show. Uh, so if you're interested, we've actually already had some interested parties, so shout out to you guys that have reached out. Uh, but if you are interested, uh, we're getting the ball rolling on that to potentially start either in April or in May with our first campaigns. Um, so if you're interested in advertising on the show, maybe you're a local Atlanta area business uh, or an online business that wants to appeal to fo- a very passionate football fan base who would probably also be very uh, thankful to you for advertising on the show like I would be. So um, hit me up, live at gmail.com if you're interested in talking it out. Uh, obviously breweries, uh, that sort of thing too, because we're going to be doing segments here on, on our favorite craft brews as well. So uh, thanks a lot. For your interest, uh, definitely hit me up at that email address if you are interested. Uh, So for now, let's get on to the pod, talking, of course, about the top remaining targets for the Falcons in free agency. They addressed one of the biggest ones uh, right before Wednesday's show on Falcoholic Live, where they re-signed swing tackle Jermaine Effetti, and that does plug one of, I think, the biggest remaining holes that was very obvious um and I, I do like the effetti re-signing we didn't actually get to see him play uh thanks to some very good health by jake matthews and caleb mcgarry and of course we're still hoping that that uh will continue but it's always nice to have the veteran insurance behind them and jermaine effetti for uh as sort of strange as his last season in chicago was effetti has basically been a solid starter or better uh and basically every stop he's had, he usually he frequently has started a lot of games at right tackle. Um, and he's a good pass protector. You know, the run blocking hasn't been something that he's been particularly good at in his career. But it, I think the Falcons, like they coached up basically everybody on the roster last year, would have a good chance of, of getting his blocking to at least a serviceable level. Uh, and, and on this offensive line, especially next to Chris Lindstrom, who also got a monster extension. So I think swing tackle's fine. The, the spot that hasn't really been addressed is left guard, um, and that, I think, is one that is surprising for a lot of people, uh, me as well, that we haven't really seen any significant signings to solidify that spot. That could mean a number of things. It mean, it could mean that they're 
negotiating with people um, and they're sort of interested in, in, you know, somebody that hasn't either broken free yet or they just haven't closed the deal quite yet. Um, but it could also mean that they're waiting to see if they can potentially grab someone in the draft. Uh, it could also be that they're, you know, have an offer out to Elijah Wilkinson, much like they did perhaps to Jermaine Effetti, and they're waiting to see if, if Wilkinson decides to come back or not. Um, either way, like they, they do have a, some options there, you know, in-house options. I don't think many of them are very inspiring to Falcons fans, right? Um, Matt Hennessy, probably the, the one that is the favorite, I would say right now to be left guard, um, and to be fair to him, I, I think he was solid when he did have to step in at left guard. I don't think he was as good as Elijah Wilkinson, but he definitely was a good run blocker. So there's that. Um, there's also Justin Schaefer, last year's uh, day three addition, who uh, didn't really get an opportunity to play or get off the practice squad much at all. Uh, and then, of course, Jalen Mayfield's still kicking around, right? Uh, who spent basically the entire season on injured reserve. So we don't really know what's going on with Mayfield, but he's a former, former third round pick. You would think he would at least be in the mix uh, for that battle. So it's possible that they like that group they have there. They also signed uh, Kyle Hinton to a reserve future contract. So maybe they're sort of satisfied with like, let's see if one of these guys shakes out. Um, Tyler Vrabel, the undrafted tackle, he also potentially could play guard. So, um, you know, I, I think... We may, I, I'm still expecting we'll see some sort of like starter level signing here, but it may be after the draft and it may be that they end up drafting someone to be that sort of starter. And if they don't draft someone, we could see the signing happen after the draft. So that's sort of, I it could happen at any time. I think left guard is probably the most likely spot other than wide receiver uh, that we could see another signing before the draft. But, uh, you know, it could also be after and they could just be, waiting patiently, right, uh, to see if somebody breaks free that they're interested in or, you know, they're wanting to t test out all of these young players that they've brought in and see if somebody can can stake a claim to the spot uh, that they haven't so far. But it's another year, another year of experience under all these guys' belts, and, and maybe somebody can can uh, improve. And, you know, to give props to Dwayne Ledford, like pretty much everyone on that offensive line did improve from their 2021 version. So maybe there is something to be said about taking – that approach and then and then if you still need to go out and get someone you do it at final cuts and, and figure out someone who shakes loose and brings it and bring them in and, and go from there or trade you know all of the Andy Levitre situation uh for that make that happen if they have the cap space they probably would be able to have the flexibility to do something like that so uh we talked about swing tackle left guard wide receivers the is the other one that's probably the most likely place we would see a signing before the draft um just because it's pretty barren still like it's, we got Drake London, which is awesome. Uh, we got Matt Hollins, who I do like, and I think that the team is more or less comfortable with him being like the second receiver right now. He's probably going to be more like the fourth or fifth target in the passing game. So they're not as necessarily concerned with him being like a wide receiver too, or something like that. But I think they would still obviously like to get more depth and, and more options in that room. We still have, uh, Jared Bernhardt who missed the, the tail end of the season on IR, uh, Frank Darby returns uh and a couple of udfa types in rashawn henry and josh ali not really anyone instilling a lot of confidence there as more of like back-end roster type guys at this point but um you know in free agency that the wide receiver market has been you know it's been pretty picked over uh dj dj shark was was one i think that a lot of people were interested in he just signed with the panthers on friday 
Um, there are still guys out there that they could look at. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay hasn't played well, but he's probably not going to be very expensive at this point, considering he's still on the market. Um, you know, I think they could go and re-sign Alameda Zacchaeus. They might be waiting for that until after the draft. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins, for as much as he hasn't lived up to that elite hype, still like a solid receiver, uh, would seemingly fit what the Falcons are trying to do here. If they're looking for speed, you know, like a Brashad Perriman, another UCF legend, uh, could come in. Uh, Marquise Goodwin was another guy that I was somewhat interested in, but he did just sign elsewhere. And then, of course, the Falcons could just go back to some of their depth guys after the draft if they don't get what they want, right? They could try to get Demir Bird back. They could re-sign Kaderil Hodge to be that special teams guy. Um, so they, they do have some options. There's still some interesting, like, depth receivers out there. But, um, you know, I, I think they're – I honestly think they're waiting to see what happens with Corey Davis before they do anything else at wide receiver. Um, Arthur Smith – you know, loved Corey Davis. Corey Davis had a career year under Smith, almost a thousand yards. Um, he obviously fits this offense really well. has a lot of experience in it. So, and, and something's going to happen with Corey Davis soon. I don't know if he's going to be part of the trade compensation to, uh, with Aaron Rodgers back to the Packers. His contract is pretty expensive. So it's like maybe the Packers actually don't want that. Um, so he's either going to be traded as a part of that deal or he's going to be cut, and if he is cut, the Falcons, I think, would try to swoop in and, and pick him up, and I think they would have an excellent chance, of course, of landing him thanks to the Arthur Smith connection, but um, that's my thought on why we haven't seen anything else happen at wide receiver is that they're sort of waiting to see what happens with Corey Davis, and um, you know, once that's resolved, they'll either get him or they won't, and I think regardless of what happens with Corey Davis, they'll probably sign one more veteran starter and then draft somebody, and that'll be the the receiver room for the most part. And they'll definitely bring in undrafted guys and other stuff like that, um, like they do every year, and maybe somebody impresses there too. But um, I don't think they're going to overly rely on that. Uh, so that's sort of the offensive spots. The other one that I do definitely want to touch on, though, is running back, which we've seen the running back market be, like, super quiet. Like, nobody's really gotten money except for, like, Miles Sanders, which is kind of funny. Um, but... Uh, it's a good market. Like, I, I think there's a lot of options out there. Um, the Falcons could bring in for limited amounts of money. Not really, you know, they could bring in sort of a reserve guy um, and not owe them a ton. Like uh, Darrell Henderson, for instance, um, he's out there. I think he would be pretty cheap and, and I think he would be a pretty good, you know, reserve behind what the Falcons already have. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon of the Chiefs, I like a lot as sort of that mix it up option. Uh, Daryl Williams with the Cardinals. I liked him a lot coming out. Like there's a lot of guys and I don't, I don't think any of them will be expensive. Again, this may be something where the Falcons are sort of content to just like wait, um, to just wait until the draft, see if they get somebody they like in the draft. And if they don't, they'll just sign a veteran. Um, we've seen them do this frequently. So, uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's coming like imminently or, or it's even particularly likely before the draft, but I do think they'll make at least one more significant addition at running back and then sort of be content to see if they can bring in some UDFA types and uh, see if any of their other guys, you know, sort of shake out. Um, because with Caleb Huntley's health, sort of a big question mark, you don't really know. Like if Huntley's healthy for the start of the season, then I think, you know, you're, you're pretty comfortable with Algier, Huntley, Patterson, Williams as like your, you know, nominal four. you know, Williams is sort of like a quasi running back. So maybe you want somebody else on the practice squad uh, close by, but if Huntley's not healthy, then they do need somebody else. And uh, running back is one of the more volatile 
positions due to injuries. So I don't think you want to take too many chances where with like, if you have one injury where you're down to like one real running back and uh, then you have, you know, Avery Williams, who I think could be a decent change of pace guy, but not someone you're giving a bunch of carries to. So um, that's the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I didn't really mention a ton of the, the free agents like I, at, le- at guard, if the Falcons want to go out and pay guys, you know, like Dalton Reisner is probably the name that most are going to bring up. And I would be open to that if they don't, you know, if they don't get Elijah Wilkinson back for like cheaper money. Um, so that's probably where my focus would be, you know, on someone like Reisner, um, who I liked a lot coming out as well. He does have that t- tackle flexibility too, I think, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't be upset, uh, with Reisner certainly. Um, Moving over to the defense, the one spot that they really haven't, like, there's two spots really that they haven't really addressed, um, and that would be the edge, right? But they did re-sign Lorenzo Carter, but, um, you know, there's still room for, like, a big-time edge rusher addition. Seems like that's not going to happen in free agency, but, (laughs) um, and then uh, linebacker, where they haven't really added anything other than, um, they did add Caden Ellis, right? And, And I guess the big question is, is he going to be more off ball or is he going to be more of like that edge player? And if he's off ball, then I think linebacker is not that big a deal because you're probably going to get Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis as your two linebackers on like 90% of plays. If Ellis is playing more edge, then maybe the edge thing is lower down the list and you need another off ball guy. Um, so they could get a linebacker. I mean, I linebackers are... They're, they're out there. They're going to be available. So they don't really need to rush it. Um, you know, like Nick Kwiatkowski, I feel like they signed like right before camp and he probably could have been like a solid starter for them. They didn't ever really need to call on him. But um, so I think they're probably going to be patient at linebacker. At edge, to me, it seems like they're waiting to see it, what what happens with Calais Campbell, who, you know, he's going to play more of a base end role on early downs and then kick inside. I think they would love to get somebody like Campbell in here um, because they're really sort of missing that big five tech run stuffer and they're missing like, you know, that Cam Jordan type that can reduce inside. Um, so I, I, I do think that they would like to see if Clay, if Campbell will come here, I think we would all like that. But if they do miss on Campbell, that they have some other options, you know, um, like Jadavian Clowney is out there as silly as that would be, you know, Dave Choate finally being right about Clowney coming to Atlanta. Shout out to Dave, by the way. Um <laughs> It's, uh, you know, he hasn't been nearly as good as people have been hoping for, but the price might be right now to get Clowney where it's like before he was just not living up to the contract. It was still like a solid player now might be like, oh, if he's like a $5 million player, that might be more like what he is playing at. And that's actually a good deal now. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Leonard Floyd, probably a higher end option, but again, it's like, I don't know if they want... I feel like Floyd and, and, and uh, Lorenzo Carter kind of are filling a similar role. It just depends on, like, do they want to go more hand-in-the-dirt or do they want the, the more stand-up guys, and I don't really know at this point um, for that for that last spot. But Edge is a little bit more crowded, I think, than people realize where they've got three guys that are roster locks right now with Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Abicati, and D'Angelo Malone, and they're probably only keeping five edge rushers at most. So if they draft someone, that's four— 
And that means none of your other, you know, guys are going to make the roster, which is fine. Like, I mean, it, you know, I, I do like David Anenny. Shout out a uh, friend of the show, David Anenny. Uh, Quentin Bell, you know, and then they have Amani Bledsoe, who is sort of that big end type of guy right now. None of those guys you are like, oh, they need a reserve roster spot. But they don't have room to make like two or three edge additions like some people are saying. It's probably going to be one more veteran and then a draft pick. Um, they might be waiting. You know, I think they're going to see what happens with, with Campbell. Um, who's going to also play a lot on the inside and then probably try to draft someone. And then depending on what happens there, we'll see if they make another veteran addition, uh, if they don't get, you know, the edge as high as they wanted. Um, but this is a deep edge class. You know, we, we've taught, we've seen edge at eight, we've seen edge at 44, we've seen edge, you know, all throughout the draft, all the way up until like the fifth round, you can get sort of at least potential starters with how deep this group is. So that's one that they may sort of wait and see if they sort of strike out on Campbell, if he was the guy they want and then wait and see who's still available later, or they make a move or a trade. You know, if they keep a lot of cap space in reserve, they're going to, they're going to be very flexible to be able to trade for other veterans that other teams might want to offload um, later in the process. And that's sort of something I want to emphasize is that it doesn't all have to happen right now. They may want to hold on to the cap space, be a little bit more patient and see who shakes loose later. Um, when, when there might be more opportunities that present themselves. You don't necessarily have to go all in on the free agents available right now because that's going to change over time. Um, the defensive interior, I actually think, is in pretty good shape. Um, you know, if um, if Campbell signs, then it's in really good shape. I really don't think there's going to be another addition if Campbell signs after that. Um, and the reason is they've got Grady Jarrett. They've got David Onyemata, who are, that's your two, you know, passing down starters right there. Uh, David uh, Eddie Goldman got reinstated that's probably your nose tackle assuming he plays um and then they have Taquan Graham who I think is probably gonna be your first guy off the bench who was actually good like really good in that role last year and I think that's a perfect role for him he's probably gonna really excel there um and then they have a couple of guys who I think are perfectly good like fourth fifth defensive tackle types like fifth defensive tackle types um because right now they have four guys that I would if, if Eddie Goldman is gonna play I sort of think he's more or less a roster close to a roster lock, like if he's healthy and ready to play, because he's a much better nose tackle than Timmy Horn at this stage. Maybe Timmy Horn can get there, but I don't think he's really competing on a serious level with Eddie Goldman, assuming Goldman's, you know, somewhat back to his former self. And then Jalen Dalton, who I think is, is somebody that this coaching staff likes and is likely to stick around with Ryan Nielsen. So there's not really a lot of room, um, especially if Calais Campbell signs, because then they'll have four, they'll have five guys, Graham, Jarrett, Goldman, Onyemata, and Campbell, and then there's not room for anyone. So um, that that group is probably more set than people think. That doesn't mean they can't draft like a Jalen Carter or like a, a Adabare, you know, in the second round or whatever um, if they do miss on Campbell. But I think once Campbell signs, if he does, then it's probably pretty settled on the interior here. Um, you know, cornerback is one where it's sort of up in the air what the plan is. Uh, they did sign Mike Hughes to like a starting caliber, like a low end starter contract. Um, and, and, you know, his comments seem to suggest that they wanted to play him in the slot. I wouldn't take that as like total, you know, fact at this point. I think that they probably are going to start him there based on those comments. But Mike Hughes has played pretty well on the outside too. They may like his versatility and his special teams ability. Um, so really, I think right now your starters are probably AJ Terrell, Casey Hayward, and Mike Hughes. Um, and I think that they would consider adding a top corner at eight. I think they would consider adding a corner on day two as well um, to sort of mix into that group. But I don't 
think there's a lot more room there. Like it's getting a little bit crowded because you've got D. Alford, who I think you'd probably like to keep around. I think he's showed enough. And then you have uh, Darren Hall as well, um, who, you know, was drafted by the previous uh, defensive coordinator. So, you know, how well does he fit what Ryan Nielsen and Jerry Gray are doing? I don't know, but I think he's likely to stick around if they don't make any huge moves. And then a couple of sort of UDFA types there. Um, and then safety, you know, I think they have room for like one more guy. I don't know if, I don't know if they need to go out and sign someone at this point. I think they'll probably wait to see if somebody falls to them in the draft that they like, like in my draft on Friday with them taking Antonio Johnson, you know, I think they visited with like Jamie Robinson from FSU. I think they're looking for like a box, big nickel type guy. Um, so, you know, if they find that big nickel starter in the draft, that's fine. They also visited with like Trey Flowers, who's a similar type of player, uh, and free agency. So if they sign him, you know, that's another option there. Um, right now they're, they, but I think the depth there is fine. Like they have Jesse Bates, they have Richie Grant, they have Jalen Hawkins, and then some, some other guys, but again, not really a spot that's like a screaming need at this point. So to sort of recap, um, right now, I think the big needs are like edge left guard, uh, wide receiver, uh, and then getting one more cornerback, I think is important. Um, getting, a potential RB2 if Caleb Huntley is not healthy. Uh, that's important. And then, you know, we didn't really talk about quarterback or tight end. And, of course, you can always upgrade your quarterback room. They they may decide to take a swing at somebody if somebody that, like, is there. I don't really think that's likely that a, a rookie comes in, to be honest with you. Tight end, this regime is obsessed with tight ends. They did trade for John U. Smith. So, and I, I imagine they want to see at least what they have in John Fitzpatrick. I do wonder if that's why Michael Pruitt hasn't returned yet. Um, but I do think that Michael Pruitt should be on speed dial. Like if they don't add a tight end in the draft, which I'm here to tell you that they could add a tight end anytime <laughs> because that's how much this regime loves tight ends. Um, so I would, I think they may be like, you know, we're going to see if we get somebody we like at some point in the draft or, uh, we can maybe bring back Michael Pruitt, but right now it's a pretty crowded room because I, you know, Felipe Franks is in there and I know he's sort of a meme to some people, but the Falcons kept five tight ends for most of the season on the roster. So right now they only have five tight ends, Kyle Pitts, uh, John U. Smith, Parker Hesse, Felipe Franks, and John Fitzpatrick. Um, so there's going to be more tight ends brought in just to fill out the camp roster because they're going to use a lot of tight ends. So uh, technically they have John Rain too, who I have listed more as a fullback, but with Clint Rakovich coming in, um, another fullback to compete, they may move Rain back more to the tight end side. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think like the depth of the roster has improved a lot. I think all of the positions are deeper except for wide receiver at this point. Um and I think that, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty happy with how free agency has played out. I mean, I certainly am. Um, you know, I think it's pretty, there's been some pretty nitpicky stuff put out there about like, oh, they overpaid for Chris, Chris Lindstrom, which is ridiculous. I don't think you can overpay the best player at their position. I don't think you ever let that guy leave. Um, he's young too. So like, I, I just don't get that. Um, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of gnashing of teeth over the team, not pursuing Lamar Jackson, but no one's pursuing Lamar Jackson. So don't direct your ire at the Falcons. Direct your ire at the NFL for whatever the heck they're doing with Lamar Jackson. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. Nobody understands it. Maybe they get back in at some point. I don't really think that they will. Somebody probably will. But, um, you know, at this point, nobody's going after Lamar Jackson. So that doesn't seem like it's really an option. They seem, at least based on Taylor Heineke's comments, to believe that Ritter is the starter uh, at this point. So we'll see if that plays out. 
I don't think they're going to be interested in moving up in the draft for a quarterback. I don't think they're really going to be interested in taking a quarterback at eight. Um, so I think that's pretty settled. So, you know, overall, I think the roster is in a place where the Falcons are pretty flexible. And we'll definitely talk more about that um, as we transition to more pure draft stuff going forward. Um, but I, I think that they have set themselves up like they say they want to, right? Which is we want to draft the best player that we can and we want to not necessarily box ourselves into drafting for need because we have these giant, you know, holes on our roster. And I think they did a pretty good job of that as as well as you probably can do without really overpaying in free agency for a bunch of guys. I think they've sort of positioned themselves where they're they need a couple pieces at each spot, but nothing is like a screaming need. Um, you know, I think the biggest one is probably like they need another receiver, but I think they the Falcons are probably going to be able to get away with fewer receivers better than just about any other team. Um, and all of their free agent wide receivers are still out there on the market um, with, you know, Zacchaeus and Kaderil Hodge and Demir Bird. So those guys could easily come back too. Um so I think the plan right now is patience, maybe a few uh, signings before the draft. If, if guys shake loose or, or guys like Corey Davis, you know, end up getting released or whatever. I don't think we're going to get a lot more moves because there's honestly not a lot of room. Now they can always cut guys, right? I mean, that that's always an option. But um, like the, the Falcons are already pretty full. Uh, like they have 72 players under contract as of... Uh, the time I'm recording this podcast, that could obviously change by the time you listen to this, but um, that means, for those that don't know, you can have 90 players on your offseason roster. There's only 18 spots left. Seven of those are going to be draft picks, so that leaves 11 spots for free agents and undrafted free agents. And this team is typically like to bring in a lot of undrafted free agents. So at this point, um, you know, I, I really think we're looking at maybe three more veterans coming in before the draft. Uh and then eight to 10 UDFAs and they may waive some guys to make room for them. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, this probably is not going to be as big of a UDFA class as it has been in years past as a result. But I, I think that they're going to bring in a lot of those guys. So there's just, there's not a lot of space. Obviously the, the low end of the roster guys, the guys underneath the top 51 rule, especially like they can freely shift those guys in and out. So they're not like tied to any of those guys necessarily. Um, but I think they, they like the guys they've brought in and I think they would ideally, you know, like to at least see them in, in camp. There's always going to be some shuffling, of course. But um, at this point, I think we'll see a couple more strategic moves and then wait to see what happens in the draft and then potentially shuffle some more guys in and out of the roster. Um, but the draft at this point, just a little over a month away, guys. We're almost there. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. I've, I'm getting a lot of really good uh, NFL draft focused guests lined up both for the live show and for the podcast. We're going to have Trevor Sykema from the NFL Stock Exchange podcast coming on uh, at some point. We're going to have my buddies uh, Thor Nystrom from, I believe it's Fantasy Pros now. Don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll make sure I have the correct information, Thor, before you come on. Uh, Tyler Fornis as well. Um, I'm going to try to get uh, Damian Parsons from the Draft Network as well. So we're going to have a lot of guys come in, get a lot of perspectives in here about the Falcons draft needs and some of our favorite prospects. You guys can look forward to that over the next few weeks. Really excited uh, also to have total control of the pod. No, no longer have the corporate overlords hanging over my shoulder. That does mean I have to absorb all of the costs myself. Uh, so if you're interested in supporting the show, 
uh, and you have a business, you can advertise with us, falcoholiclive at gmail.com, email me, or you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Uh, if you like to get these episodes a few days early, uh, then you can do that on Patreon. They're also going to be ad-free, of course, and uh, we also have some exclusive stuff like patron Q&A sessions. The next one is going to be Monday night at 6 p.m. Those are exclusive live sessions where we take questions from our patrons uh, for about an hour. We do those frequently. Um, so that's something you can get involved with, uh, and other cool stuff. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some more ideas for patron stuff. There's an exclusive discord channel that we hang out in, um, the patron lounge. So if you want access to the patron lounge, you know, hit, hit me up, but <clears throat> I appreciate everyone just for watching. Honestly, um, we do appreciate obviously the subscribing and the liking and the clicking of the bell and all that. And of course, uh, leave those five star reviews on your uh, podcast platform of choice, which hopefully this show is available on now. Um, but again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. You can follow the show at Falcoholic Live at Falcoholic Pod. Not changing the at. You can't make me. <laughs> um, but guys, thanks again. Uh, check out the Discord, by the way. It's in the, the picture right there. It's also in the show description if you want to chat with a bunch of fellow Falcons fans. Uh, it's I think we're over 500 in there now, so it's getting a little rowdy. Uh, so, so come on in uh, for some good times. And uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back uh, in a couple days to have uh, our next li- Falcoholic Live recording Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Check us out there. If you haven't seen that yet, it's a lot of fun. I believe we'll be joined by Aaron Freeman on Wednesday uh, to get his takes on free agency and the upcoming NFL draft for our beloved Atlanta Falcons. So until next time, guys, I'm Kevin Knight. Have a great day, folks.